Hey, friends, welcome back to the Mark Claire Show, where I do my best to have conversations with interesting people who have, well, their own views, thoughts, and such about how you can better navigate this reality we find ourselves in. I do that each and every Monday, Mark Claire Mondays, mark it on your calendar. I'm going to be here each and every week. I hope you guys are too. I really do appreciate the time that you take to listen to this program, especially if you're taking the full time, because of course, every single episode is available early and in extended form by supporting this show. I usually plug all this stuff at the end, but I'm going to come at you hard today. Come at you really hard because I've been working hard. I've been working hard on the show. I've been working hard to uh, find interesting guests and have interesting conversations like I'm pretty sure I do today with my guest Posh Redneck, who has been appearing on a lot of Jim Bob's streams. Had a really interesting one about the topic we're going to be discussing today, which is dun dun dun, the topic of demons and how they affect our reality, where they come from, what's the deal, what's the deal with demons? That's my Seinfeld for you. That's all I got, friends. But, of course, you can get the very extended, more in-depth version of this discussion by supporting this show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Mark Share. Mark Share Show? Mark Share Show. It should be the Mark Share Show because you should share this show with your friends. So Mark Share, Mark Claire, maybe that'll help you guys remember to share the show. The easiest way you can help the show is by telling a friend about it. It doesn't cost you a dime. Might cost you your self-respect. I'm not really sure. I don't think so. But nonetheless... Of course, you can pay over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Show. I also have a Subscribestar page. Uh, you can find me on Rockfin. If you support me or any other creators over there, you can access all of the Mark Claire Show content where, like I said, you get the extended, the full versions of each of these discussions like I had today with Posh Redneck. Also, do not forget my great sponsor. He just signed on for a couple more months. So that's how you know things are going well, and it's going well for me because I love having Fox and Sons Coffee. Trying to get it in the camera here for those watching the video. Fox and Sons Coffee. You want to see how I start my day every day? Open this bag, and I take a big whiff. I take a big whiff of these fresh, amazing, very affordably priced coffee beans that will blow away anything you're going to get at Starbucks or any of these chain coffee brands, whatever it may be. Uh, you got to check out Fox and Sons, F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S.com. And don't forget to use my discount code, Mark. No, it's not Mark Claire Show, but think Mark Claire Show. The discount code is MCS. Think Mark Claire Show. Just use MCS. You get 15% off your order. I get the monthly shipment because I can't get enough of this stuff. I get the dark blend, the den blend dark, I should say, delivered to my door each and every month. I highly recommend you do the same. But nonetheless, all I ask is that you go give it a shot. Use my discount code just one time. Try this amazing coffee uh, from my friend Stephen Fox. You're going to love it. He supports the show. He sends me money so I can make this show. So all I ask is that you use this very generous discount. Check out his coffee again, foxandsons.com. Use discount code MCS. That being said, I have been plugging way too much. Forget the plugin. Let's get into today's discussion with Posh Redneck. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Mark Claire Show. With me today, he is a, a lifelong Orthodox Christian hailing from Serbia. I've come to know him by his many, many appearances on our friend Jim Bob's live streams. Of course, he appeared back on episode six. Uh, he has since, uh, besides his appearances on the live streams, I know he's, he's done a number of online debates uh, about theology, Christianity, and that sort of thing. So I'm very pleased to welcome him here today. He is the one and only Posh Redneck. Posh, welcome to my show. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. And thank you for enunciating the redneck part because people sometimes forget that and that really makes me sound like an ass. <laughs> <laughs> just just posh doesn't come across quite quite the same, does it? 
<laughs> it seems like I'm bragging or, or something. <laughs> so before we even get into your story, uh, I am actually a little curious where you came up with this, uh, this, this moniker, this online moniker, this posh redneck moniker. Well, my entire personality is like welding together of extreme opposites. Um, and one of these things is that I'm, I'm not particularly posh in my <laughs> life, but because being I'm such a fan of linguistics, I, uh, I prefer to learn foreign languages in their appropriate forms, let's call mm. it like literary forms. Uh, and I'm pretentious about certain things. And then on the complete opposite side, you know, my idea of going out uh, when I was in my teenage years was going to the park, you know, smoking hand-rolled cigarettes and drinking beer from two-liter plastic bottles. So, <laughs> so I, I just thought it would be funny. Uh, and the first thing people interact with is your voice, you know, the way you speak and comport yourself. So, it, it was just a funny thing I, I thought would be interesting. Yeah, it is a, a bit of an interesting dichotomy. I, I could personally relate a little more to the the cigarettes and the beer in the park, but that's that's a story for another day. But uh, um, I, and as we've talked about before the show, like you you were born into Orthodox Christianity, unlike a lot of a lot of my guests who have gone through some sort of weird journey to get there. Um, but I know you did have a brief atheist period, so maybe we can just touch on that a little bit. How did you get into that atheist period? What made you sort of shy away from it for a bit, and how did you kind of get your way, claw your way out of that? I guess, or however you want to put it. Well, as you said, I'm I'm from Serbia. Um, I'm still in Serbia. I'm not a native English speaker, all of that stuff. Uh, and if you know about Serbia, uh, uh, there was a country called Yugoslavia, originally the Kingdom of Yugoslavia. Um, but then after the Second World War, uh, we became the Socialist Federative Republic of Yugoslavia, which was a socialist country um, or a communist country, as people tend to name things, but that's not what communism and socialism are, but these terms were beaten to death before fascist was beaten to death by the left. Mm -hmm. So never mind that. Um, but people were encouraged very, very delicately to abandon religious practices. Um, my German teacher uh, snuck into a church for his family, uh, family patron saints feast day and he almost got expelled because people saw him. So he was trying to be careful, but even then, uh, that could land you as a as a, a, a young adult. Uh, you could get expelled from school. You could lose everything for going to church. Um, but we had the nice communism. You know, uh, everything was funded. Uh, Yugoslavia was in this geopolitical position where both the West and the East sort of funded it to not go to the other side. So uh, there was a lot of free money going around and it was wasted in all sorts of manners, you know, um, factories and things were built in such a way to tie the cons uh, constitutive countries together uh, instead of how it would make sense to make the factories. So once the country fell apart, everything fell apart and people had this idea of, oh, if we only went back to communism, it would go back to everyone had money, everyone had what it's what was called 13th pay, uh, you know, the st state funded vacations, things like that. So it, it doesn't have this uh, gore that one would associate with like the Soviet Union or Maoism or, or something like that. And um, this plays into 
why I, I thought, uh, grow, having been born in the mid-90s uh, here in Serbia, when we had war and, and things like that, things weren't going well, you know, culminating in NATO bombing of a, what was still called Yugoslavia, but it was basically Serbia and Montenegro. Um, and everything was, was, was that bombing cool. something that you actually do you were you actually experiencing that like literally in person as, as a kid growing up or was it yes bombs? yes yeah. yes um the, it was tactical bombing so it wasn't like bombing civilian areas for no reason but it was bombing of, of bridges and infrastructure and all sorts of things um but I remember it well uh, I remember hearing bombs especially because the first night it started uh, our parents, uh, with me and my brother, they moved us across to my father's home village, which is in the hills. Uh, so you can hear a lot of the bombs uh, from quite far away. You know, the the, the sound would eventually get to you. So um, it's something I remember well. <laughs> but, um, you know, you get this idea you hate the West um, because of all of their evils. You hate them because they're capitalists, right? They would sell their own children for for money, um, all of these things. And then on the other side, you have this traditionalist aspect that you hate the West because of its heretical nature and everything. But uh, I fell into atheism because I just grew up with it. It wasn't something I was properly catechized into. It's just something you did. And the moment you reach um, proper questioning you can't answer it instead uh, except for saying well this is what you should do because you're a serb you know you're orthodox that's it um so i i, I started flirting quite a bit with socialism and uh, I, I accepted it i thought uh, stalinism was the only proper way to do it you know no none of this la 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 thing uh, just tanks in the streets, get things over with. If you're going to do it, let's do it, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, which is something people have a huge problem with. You, <laughs> you mentioned how you, you did a political podcast. Like uh, People think we in Eastern Europe, we are immune to the whole um, rainbow flag nonsense because we know what communism is like. <laughs> in Eastern Europe, under communism, you, you went to prison for homosexual activities. Like no, no, no one thought they actually called it a product of Western capitalist decadence. Um, so uh, here, some, it's something associated with capitalism. Um, so that's funny. But uh, at the same time, I, I went into this phase, and mostly it was theodicy. You know, why? Why would God allow for evil? If he is good, why would he allow for evil? So even then, when I was an atheist, I, I, I almost had this idea of deism in the back of my head. You know, there could still be a god, but he's not like a god-god. He's like this force uh, that, like the demiurge or whatever. Um, but ultimately, it, it was when I started really then going into philosophy that I realized that atheism doesn't make sense. Like, it cannot justify free thinking. It cannot justify uh, uh, free thinking as in free will and the ability to think. And because everything will have to be this enormous mechanism uh, that functions on, 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 uh, uh, under certain laws of nature. But it's still a mechanism. So there's no free will. There's no uh, appraising of, of uh, epistemology. It's, it, you're just a product of, of this mechanism, just one part of it. And it's like isolating a, a, a certain 
parts of your car and saying it's independent. No, it's not. Mm. So my atheism broke down before my Christianity kicked in, but then all of my upbringing kicked in and I sort of just went straight for back to I was to just kind of lying there latent, ready to, yes. ready to come and overtake. Yes, yes, because it wasn't like a, I had properly philosophically demolished my Christian beliefs. It was just the Odyssey made me think that, oh, this was just something people believed in back in the day. Now we have science and, and rationality and things like that. Turns out, no, and we are seeing the fruits of, of secularism properly as, as even the cultural uh, impact uh, of, of Christianity is dying out. But nevertheless, I went back, defaulted back to orthodoxy, but I really got interested in this creationism thing. And that was something mostly done by Protestants. Um, and then I, uh, eventually people like Kent Hovind or someone whom I, I appreciated his inputs, I didn't agree with him on theology, but then he would start bringing up things again. It was because I didn't want to study theology properly. Then he would mention things like, call no man your father or something. And then I think, wait, then why would I, I call my priest father my entire life, you know? Again, something you just do. And then I, I but I couldn't break away at this point um, because Protestantism just didn't make sense to me. You go and start your own church, you know, and then you have the LGBTQ plus churches. Like, how does that work? Oh, no, no, it's just obvious that you don't do that. We can all agree. And then it came back to my atheist days. Oh, it's the we can all agree thing again, right? It's like we have to uh, we have to adapt the religion to our modern times. So we have to do constantly do these updates like, OK, well, now it can include these things. Now it can include these things because we're modern now. So, you know, we know better. Yeah, yeah, you needed the church until you got the printing press. But now everyone can afford a Bible. So you don't need the church anymore, which doesn't make any sense to me. And why are they all disagreeing with each other? Why is it like 10 ch different churches in, in a single block, you know, and then they will have different teachings? That doesn't make sense. That, that, that's not what this is. You're making it, you're turning it into a social club. Right. I mean, because if it's, if it's real and it's true, which in theory, if it's your religion, you should probably believe it's real and true, um, then it, it can't really have 57 different true interpretations. Especially uh, then they wanted to say, well, let's, uh, the funda fundamentalist movement originally was the, this movement. We can agree on the fundamentals, right? Uh, Trinity, uh, virgin birth, the incarnation, bodily resurrection, things like that. But then the question arises, well, okay, but who decides what is fundamental and what isn't? You know, why is the Trinity uh, one of the fundamentals? Why is the virgin birth one of the fundamentals? And why isn't, um, I don't know, something like the Eucharist? Why isn't that one of the fundamentals? Because to us Orthodox, it is very fundamental, but it's again, it's more of a socio-political movement. Uh, and then the theology is there to bolster it up. And in America, you see this with a lot of churches, they, um, they go for geopolitics with a certain country I, I probably should mention, uh, but it is the only democracy in the Middle East, um, I'm told at least. Take a guess. <laughs> yes. um, but, but you see it's a massive political thing and then people who go for uh, the second amendment the first amendment uh, well uh, is, is that your church 
Is that it? Is that what you're founding it? And do you get that from your theology or do you build your theology to support your political beliefs? Mm. And you'd be surprised how much it is the latter as opposed to the former. Um, so I never could go into it, but I really had to then roll up my sleeves and start studying uh, theology properly. Um, and we Orthodox, we are not big on academic theology. We don't think that's what theology is per se, like an academic structure. Uh, when we call people the theologian, uh, we mean someone who was so advanced spiritually that that is, we could say he was something, someone communicating with God properly not just someone who had enough philosophical undergirding to be able to espouse all of these brilliant ideas and, and postulate all sorts of hypotheses and, and explanations and exegete the scriptures properly. That's not how we see it. Um, but unfortunately, that is what most of Protestantism is. And if you ever hear people criticizing us for not having a systematic theology, that is what they mean. Mm -hmm. You can't just pick up a book and there you go, orthodoxy. It just doesn't exist. So it is a lot of reading the fathers. A because lot it's of, more more experiential then, would you say? Uh, absolutely. We believe that praxis forms you much more than uh, your theories form you. Mm. Um, people tend to develop theories post-factum. They tend to act in a certain way, and that will shape them as a person, and then they will develop a theory after that. That's such an interesting parallel to sort of what was happening um, with a lot of people towards the end of my my run, you might say, in the political world. It really be, came down to a debate between, okay, we have the pure philosophy versus others that were saying, well, no, the philosophy is good to have, but if if it's not informing your action, it's your action that matters. And that's what really, you know, really says what you really believe. And, and so that's interesting to see that same parallel was uh, that same discussion is kind of what um, has sort of informed this, this the theological discussions going on out there. Yes, yes. Uh, you will see, if you start thinking of a lot of, especially nowadays, left-wing thinking, uh, think of it as faith alone acting, uh, as that mindset at least. Hmm. Uh, you just have to believe certain things and you're, you're a good person, you're, 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 you're saved, right. or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, uh, you will see the same modus operandi because Protestantism is so, so much uh, a product of the Enlightenment. It cannot be separated from it. And uh, it doesn't go into a particular type of spirituality. What you get instead of spirituality, because all you need is a, agree to certain propositions, and you're going to the good place instead of the bad place, you know, after you've, after you've died, uh, is that what's left is uh, emotionality. And it goes into all sorts of, you know, Pentecostalism and people rolling on the floor, writhing, speaking in tongues, and and all sorts of very weird things. And then we look at that and why, think, why is our chanting demonic or pagan to you? Meanwhile, this is fine. Well, and then from the outside, like like for myself, for example, who didn't grow up with Christianity, you know, I that became like seeing that weird tongue speaking stuff like that becomes my view of Christianity. So then for a while until I met, started meeting people like you and others like that, that, that are, have a, I'm like, Oh, this doesn't even seem like the same thing at all. Yes. Uh, and I, I, I talked to Jim Bob on his stream. Uh, you have like Calvinist atheists. So Calvinism, one of its major, uh, ideas is because God is sovereign all things that happen are predetermined by God. Because otherwise, you believe that something can happen outside of God's sovereignty. 
So that, that's where the idea of predeterminism comes uh, for them. Um, but if you have someone who grew up with Calvinism and they apostatize, they become an atheist, um, they will see Christianity as Calvinism. And I, I do remember hearing certain atheists say, well, Christianity teaches that God predisposes, uh, predetermines certain people to fall away and certain people to, to succeed. So uh, I have no control over it. It's something God does. You know, but from our perspective, that's completely wrong. But he, having grown up uh, a, a, a Calvinist, that is his point of reference. And if he rejects that, it's not like he has refuted orthodoxy or something, but he doesn't even know about it. So that's, that's a huge problem that, that people see. And like you said, with Pentecostalism uh, and all of these charismatic movements, people see that. And if that's your only uh, contact with Christianity, I can't blame these people for rejecting it. I would reject it. I, I, I still do reject it, you know, right. as an orthodox. Right. Uh, you know, one thing you mentioned there as you kind of went through your atheist process, which is definitely, you know, something I've struggled with uh, in, in many ways along my my journey. I, I kind of hit the word, but the, my journey, I guess you could say, um, is is that that topic of evil and, you know, and why is there evil? So I think that's a pretty good segue into, well, uh, what's more evil than the topic, topic we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about demons today. And you did a really long, uh, maybe a couple hour long live stream with Jim Bob kind of touching this and some other related topics. So we're not going to dig into all that. I'll probably link to that in the show notes too. So people can go on, on the deep dive there too. But, um, I guess what I really want to get into is, is what the Orthodox conception of demons are, um, how they affect our world. Because I, you know, what, one thing that I sort of that resonated with me about the Orthodox and about Christianity in general over the last couple of years is because I started to see people doing and acting in certain ways that I just couldn't understand. And it's when you look at back at sort of religious texts with, with that filter, you start to actually see some things and, and think, Oh, this actually does explain some of what I see in the world that I couldn't explain in any other way. Um, so just taking that, you can take that wherever you think the, the most, uh, the most appropriate place to start is. Right. So a couple of things. I've been thinking about what I should mention as far as generalities of what a spirit is, you know, how much people need to get into it. Um, as a basic, you can go into it for, for, for weeks, but uh, uh, the basics of it. So on the theodicy thing, um, unfortunately, one of the major ways of thinking in the West is God punishes Adam and Eve because their sinning, um, you know, requires, because God is just, requires punishment. So he punishes them with, with what it says in Genesis 3, you know, all the things like uh, having to work for your bread, you know, uh, childbirth will be painful, etc., etc. So they think of that as, as um, this God's justice having to play out. From the Orthodox perspective, God gave us mortality and illness and suffering for repentance because the demons, the fallen angels, they're immortal. They, they, they don't have to deal with a lot of things we have to deal with, but they are completely uh, unrepentant. They, are, uh, they also did things knowing what they were doing, Adam and Eve sort of sinned with naivete, you know. Uh, but because they're in this deathless rebellion, 
it's uh, and from our perspective it's to bring down humanity not to overthrow god you know from the divine throne as if that's possible mm-hmm. no it's uh, the only way to actually do damage to god we could call it is to um try and destroy his creation and uh, attacking humanity bringing worship to themselves instead of god um causing people to do all sorts of engage in all sorts of debauchery um and slaughter and and, and whatever it is is one way of doing that um so that's one basic thing um another thing is to talk about what a spirit is because i see so much of trying to somehow explain how they are material things and they're not you people have to accept that <laughs> it's not oh it's like a dude but it's in a different dimension and he's sort of glowy and 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 it's like the force ghosts in uh, in star wars or something like no no that's not what spirit means that's not what the holy spirit also means you know um so not to go into the etymology and 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 all sorts of things a, a spirit is this mm, noetic being no noetic coming from nous of meaning mind so it's a it, it is an entity it's not a force it's a personal entity but it is a spirit the way a human spirit is uh, what we would say the nous is you know it, it's got a bit more to it than that but you as a human being you are a body but you've got so, some type of autonomous parts to yourself right you've got you don't regulate your heart rate um there are uh, uh, things you know little the little hammer thing to to make your leg kick or something we control the overall machine but we don't control all the little mechanisms it yes. lets us control the machine in the first place that's exactly it um and you can overwrite a lot of it that is the the, the free will part uh if you touch a hot stove you will sort of jolt back uh from it not having made the decision it's just your body as soon as it touches something that hot will sort of recoil but you can against your better nature if you would mm-hmm. uh stick your hand on a stove and make it burn right you can do that if you really want to and you, and you really yes, want to tough yes. it out you can do it and all sorts of signals will be going out even before you did it and during it and after it <laughs> but uh, at that point it's over but you can do it so you as a human spirit are this overriding um consciousness mm. that ties all of these things together and we can go into you know what your brain does what certain organs are only self regulating you know like heart transplants uh will result in uh different uh, uh types of um uh, heart rates you know uh mm. even if you get a uh a heart transplant from another person from a, the opposite sex you know it will maintain uh, the the faster or slower uh heart rate so all of these things make it seem like you know you're just this jumbled mess but no there's this overriding consciousness that is what we would say we are but we have these parts to ourselves likewise when we think about spirits uh as in angelic spirits uh and also departed uh, spirits of of humans they are in fact that but on a higher level 
Um, and when we talk about, if you want to go throughout scriptures, when it talks about um, the, the certain prince of this nation or king of that nation, referring to spiritual entities, like we have with um, with Ezekiel to saying to the king of Tyre, prince of Tyre, he's talking about the guy uh, who is the king of Tyre per se. But when, then he speaks about the king of Tyre, who is actually this demonic entity. And, ref- and it's actually Satan and refers back to who he was before he fell uh, and all of that. But we believe that this, there is the, there are these overarching uh, conscious entities that sort of tie together uh, uh, groups of people. We see that in mob mentality. We see that people with concerts and with uh, all types of human activities that involve more than one person. There is this overarching entity that would be above it. And that is how the same way we can sort of uh, force our hand on the stove, these entities can sacrifice parts of it, the parts of the the, the collective for the good of the entire collective. Good. I mean, if it's a it's it's a proper uh, you know angel or a saint that's not going to happen but we know that uh, people are much more likely to try and invoke a certain demonic presence uh, rather than a saintly one because a saintly one isn't as fun if you would uh, it requires self sacrifice as opposed to self indulgence um but that is one thing to to bear in mind when we also when you talk about possessions you know, there's all types of discussions. Well, how does possession work? Does it go into your muscles? Does it go into this or that? No, it is this usurping of, of your noetic faculties by this higher entity. Um, it can and overwrite can. your own ability to overwrite, in a sense. Exactly. Um, and so that is what is important. And not try to think about ghosty dudes. Not try to think about, you know, giant red goat-legged Mm-hmm. winged bat winged you know horned entities you know with voices you know, i will eat your soul you know <laughs> and something like that that's that's how you try the, to portray it the in humanization it. of the concept essentially basically but uh, when you look at orthodox icons they are usually depicted as black or red mm-hmm. like horned thingies but not because that's what we believe they are, mm. but you still have to represent them somehow. How do you represent a, a, a noetic entity? You don't. <laughs> you can yeah, just, you just write have it air out. there, I guess, and then, yeah, I guess we're supposed to just know uh, yeah. it's there. Yeah, you name it or something. Um, and this is a part of what we, what we talk about when we talk about even the Holy Spirit, who isn't like the biggest of all spirits. He's in a category of his own. He is God. Uh, but it, it is this enormous, uh, uh, infinite, um, how, uh, animating force in the world. Um, again, force not to depersonalize the Holy Spirit, but that is how, how we should see it. And then these smaller entities are somewhat like him, and that's why it's appropriate to call them spirits as well. But uh, some of them are rebellious, some aren't. And these entities are also tied to places, they're tied to nations, they're tied to uh, 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 celestial bodies. All of this is all throughout the scriptures. 
Um, but but people just want to have the ghosty dudes, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> Makes for better movies, you know. Definitely. Um, but uh, do you want to take it into a particular direction from here? Because this is the just the basic overview. Yeah, maybe actually, maybe we could take it back a little bit to like the two. Okay, so why do these spirits exist in the first place? And maybe you can describe like the fall. That that the term is used a lot. It's used a term to, to describe humanity, and then also angels. So maybe we can just start at. I think it's hard to wrap. It's always been hard for me to wrap my head around a lot of these concepts, especially when we're talking about okay, there's there's our world, space and time, but then there's like outside of that. So maybe you can just describe like. Why these entities even came to exist in the first place, or and and then like why they became what they are now, if if you can even use now and in, in, in that way. Right, right. So the first thing to mention there is um, we have human perspective. Right. We don't have angelic perspective. We don't even have animal perspective. Um, maybe you want to put humans taxonomically in the category of animals if you'd like, but uh, you know. But in that case, just non-human animals, let's call it. Um, so that is also why we're not told when exactly these entities were created, because we don't know what the relationship with time is. Mm. And there You couldn't say a year, for example, because that concept yeah. wouldn't even apply. Yes, because materi- materiality is what binds you sort of to time. Um, and they're not just a different type of substance. They're completely, they're metaphysically completely different. Um, but you ask why they came into existence in the first place. Um, this is sort of where a lot of Protestantism falls apart because they have no place for angels. Hmm. They're, they're sort of just there, and I don't know if God was bored or something so he can't be bothered to deliver a message so he sends this winged guy or sort of like like to flex you know so you carry uh, your pigeon for him yeah 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 or like a flex in, in in ezekiel when we have the four living creatures as they're described which is what cherub means you know these flying around four heads you know not moving but uh, not moving in the sense of the what what he you can see he can see in his visions they move without moving, basically, you know, just like flying statues or something like that. So sort of being thrown guardians. And then in the center is this uh, uh, this person who happens to be Jesus, for those who do not know. Um, uh, but they're like a flying throne. Um, so it's either for, for boredom or for the drip, if you'd like, <laughs> as the young younglings call it. Um, but our idea is God created hierarchies to govern uh, creation. So, um, in Tolkienian language, I, I believe Tolkien uses the term sub-creators. Right? We, we can't create anything ex nihilo. That's sort of only for God. But from what is created, we can mold it. We can make something better or we can make something worse. So uh, in the same way, angels who are created to be these uh, governing spirits, um, man is then created to have dominion, as it says, over the, all the animals and, and uh, uh, in the air, on the, uh, on the earth and in the sea, etc., etc. And Adam and Eve are told to go and subdue the earth, even though it was good. It is supposed to be this growth. This is... 
it's not just fallenness that we believe why we need what we call theosis, this participation in God's grace. Uh, it was always meant to be the case, um, but it would have been a different way, different modus operandi of doing it had uh, you know Satan not fallen himself, but then also not tricked Adam and Eve, etc., etc. Um, but the plan was for God, God's plan was to incarnate anyway. It's not plan B. It's not that, okay, you say now I have to die and then I have, don't have Look to kill you. Look what you've done. <laughs> yes. You know now that I gotta meme, go become um, a man and uh, where Jesus knocks on the door and says, uh, let me in. Why? So I can save you. From what? From uh, what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. <laughs> and that's sort of the Protestant understanding of salvation. I mean, I mean, we joke, but like this is the kind of stuff that I once thought in many ways and, and heard a lot of because that, that kind of is how it's portrayed in, in the sort of mainstream, or I guess which would be like Protestant here in the U.S. Absolutely. You know, man fell, and if you accept that Jesus died for your sins, you're good. Um, but back to the original thing. Um, but man was created to be above the angels, but he was supposed to get there. Man was supposed to get to that point, whereas angels were sort of created on a certain high level. Um, and when we uh, read the scripture saying that the devil who fell through envy, this is what we believe it was, it was referring to. Man was supposed to be higher than angel, uh, and Satan wasn't big on that. So he wanted to bring man down. What would make man higher than an angel? If an angel is this this spiritual being that is seemingly, you know, more powerful and at least in our in the material view, more powerful than man. Um, is it is it like having a body? Is is that is it having mortality? Is it having things that these spiritual beings couldn't actually have because of the way that they are created? Well, it's open to speculation for the details. But, for example, we believe the saints already are higher than the angels. That's sort of their point. When we sing uh, hymns to the mother of God, whom uh, we most often refer to, even in English-speaking uh, orthodoxy, as the Theotokos, the God-bearer, uh, we very openly proclaim, you know, higher than the seraphim, more glorious beyond compared to the cherubim. But that is something that happens, you know, once they are in, in, in heaven. Um, we don't know the, it's not something I can describe to you technically, you know, oh, now they've got powers or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they are elevated in, in glory. Uh, and we believe once the eschaton uh, arrives, you know, the new heavens and the new earth, uh, when people will be bodily resurrected. We don't believe it will be the same type of body as it is now. It will be an immortal body. And we don't know what that looks like exactly. It's not like all of this, but you, you, know, you never get a heart attack. Um, <laughs> we don't know the details. We get the gist of it. Gotcha. Uh, and that, in that sense, when, when Christ himself says, you shall judge the angels. Um, so that is all that was supposed to happen. And we believe the good angels, the non-fallen ones, they are thrilled about it. But the envious ones are not particularly thrilled about it, and that's who fell and uh, uh, continue to be on a mission to drag as many people down as they can, because that's, as I said, that's the only thing that they can do. Um, can, can you describe a little more, like, 
the specifically like what the fall means you know it's it's hard it can be difficult to wrap your mind around that does it just mean in re, in pro wrestling terms you would might call it they turned heel they became the bad guy you know they took the chair turned on their partner and, and now they're bad but what 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 actually does an angelic being do or decide i mean how does it actually work where they go from angel to fallen angel or a demon now it's as you might say all good things come from god uh that is very clear uh, St. Paul makes it explicitly clear, you know, this is what we also call the gifts of the Spirit, you know, the fruits also of the Spirit, you get it from that. There is nothing good that isn't from God. But there can be evil that isn't from God, uh, and that's what these angelic creatures started doing, uh, where they supplanted their God-given purpose with their own uh wants and desires. So they broke off from God. Again, this shouldn't be thought of as a type of mechanical event because that's going to, again, try and bring it down to materialism. But this is essentially what happens when we say Satan, we believe he was created good, but he, uh, like humans, can make decisions to move away from the will of God. So can angels and uh, Maybe there's something to get into uh, at a certain point. We, as humans, we do not generate thoughts. Thoughts are something that happen to us. Um, and people who think of that as a bit insane, uh, no one has, you've never experienced generating a thought. And even phraseology that goes with it, oh, it just occurred to me that so-and-so, uh, oh, uh, you can say, I just thought of this, but it is something that happens to you. Yeah, you don't sit down and, and say, I'm going to create thoughts now and then go through a process. It's just yes. like, oh, I thought of this. Yes, and this is what we believe the noose does. The noose is this filtering mechanism, focusing mechanism. You're either going to focus on things that come from demons, the, the fallen angels, uh, and other types of demons, That's because there are other types of demons, uh, or you're going to focus on things of God. And you train your mind to do that. This is part of the praxis that we were talking about. If you train your mind to engage in or um, with pornography and violence and, and gambling, depravity, uh, uh, all types of inebriation uh, and things like that, you are training it to be more like that. This is why these things continue to devolve. You know, uh, people don't just start at a certain level of sin and say, well, I'm good on this level. No, it keeps devolving and devolving and devolving. Likewise, we believe that uh, that participating in God's uh, grace, uh, his love and, and, and justice and all of that, we believe that also transforms you into more like the likeness of God. And that is infinite. We, we, we wouldn't say depravity can be infinite, but God's goodness can be infinite. And in fact, it is infinite. And we believe that the entire point of our creation is to grow infinitely in that direction. And we believe that will still happen in the eschaton. We will still be, become more like him. And that never ends because it's not something that can end. Um, but uh, if you participate in things of demons, you're demonizing yourself. And it will continue to get worse, as I said. Um, but 
was I still re- responding to how the angels fell, or did we switch to the question? I uh, we might have. I I, I I I jump around a lot too, so we can we you can yeah. you can circle back to wherever it makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, I think we we were we we're trying to sort of conceptualize the the concept of the fall, but um, so it's basically. To me, it seems like it's basically the decision, if you could call it that. I, I guess I'm still thinking. I'm thinking in like you know human thought terms, but uh, of these angels to turn away from from getting closer to God and helping humanity get closer to God and actually doing the opposite. Would that be accurate? Basically, yes. Uh, that's the, the the most succinct way of putting it. Um, and we here on, on Earth currently, we, we that what we call theosis is exactly that: participating in the works of God, uh, participating in His grace, uh, because God is working in the world, and we are to cooperate with that. That is what Saint Paul says. Um, it, it does use the term synergia um, or synergy. Um, you've probably heard. Other Orthodox people <laughs> mention the word energies and the essence energies distinction. Yes. So these energies, we believe God is working in the world. Energo, uh, it means to work in. That N is where you get the in. And ergo means to work. Uh, so synergo would be to work with. Um, and we are to work with these things. So when we say God is working in the world, uh, yes, but you still have to participate in that. That is your purpose, literally your purpose. To be. Right. You can't just relax and go, God's doing it. Yes. I'm good. His energy's working. Yes, can you just can sit, here. sit there and, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> yes, but that's actually demonic, right? Uh, to to abandon your purpose and, and, and to switch your purpose into something completely you know, degenerate. I mean, slothfulness is, is one of the seven uh, deadly sins. And so one more thing on the fall then is that is the fall, does the fall change the nature of the entities themselves or does it just, is it just sort of a way to signify that they turned away from God? Well, we believe there is a metaphysical change um, because humanity cut, cut itself off from the source of life. And that's not going to leave you like, as I said, Having an immortal body does not mean having this body, but you don't get, you know, cell death or, or, or like heart attacks and, and high blood pressure or whatever. Uh, we don't, again, know how that exactly works, but there was a change when they were rendered mortal. Uh, and as far as the demons are concerned, the fallen angels, we can't even conceptualize that um, because we can't conceive of what they exactly are. We can see what that's the energies, but we can see what they do and think about that. But then to access what they actually are, as in what what they're made out of, if you'd like, and you have all sorts of theories about it, uh, you know, quintessence of that saint. Well, he's not saint in the Orthodox Church, uh, Thomas Aquinas. Um, he talks about the quintessence, the fifth essence that angels are made out of. Um, but even then, that's speculation. Um, so how they would change is completely different. But what does definitely change is that more angels fell. But it's not it's not like they changed from playing yes. the harp with <laughs> to wings the, to, the, to the demon with the horns, and then they just morph yeah, into yeah, the evil right. thing. Right. That, that, that's not something that happens. That's, that's materializing them. <laughs> but uh, another thing that's important is that they have... A, positions of power in the hierarchy. So they also abuse that power. That's part of why nature degenerates. 
uh, humans also have certain dominion over over nature, and abusing that will cause nature to degenerate. Let alone, you know, these higher entities. So uh, there is proper uh, uh, change that happens, but it is a bit too grand to try and and uh, get into the details of it, because we we. We at least, are, not that I'm aware of, no one can summarize that properly. All right, so why don't we, Um, I don't know what the best direction to take it is. I'm curious in d- digging more into like really how, how these fallen angels or demons sort of operate in our world, but then, and then also maybe tr- sort of breaking down what we can look at as their effects or other types of, I know you mentioned there's sort of other types of demons. They're not all necessarily those, those main fallen angels and how those have worked their way into our sort of our, our mythologies, uh, you know, the, the, the gods of old, as you might say, and maybe the, the Nephilim, all these terms that sort of get thrown around the Anunnaki, maybe you can sort of tie all this in together to how they have, um, affected humanity, I guess, over, over our history. Yes. Um, so, of course, the Nephilim are something that has to be addressed. Um, the Nephilim, uh, or the Nephilim, is just the plural of Nephil, which means giant. Um, and people tend to take that physically again, <clears throat> our endless quest to materialize everything. So we don't believe that the giants were necessarily enormous, like 50 feet tall or something. Uh, it could be the case that they were abnormally tall. But that is not what it means. What it talks about is this type of ritual uh, production of the Nephilim. And one of probably the most famous ones that we have in recorded uh, poetry is Gilgamesh. Um, Because if you read the Epic of Gilgamesh, you will hear that he's got, he is two thirds God, one third human. And so that sort of doesn't make sense to us. But uh, if it's went with quarters, we can deal with quarters. Right. But how do you deal with <laughs> right. the thirds? Well, this is the thing. You have, he has a father who is the king, so he is a god himself. He sort of has certain powers uh, attributed to his relationship with, with the spiritual world and the gods. So he is a god himself. Uh, and then <clears throat> he's got a human mother which tended to be a temple prostitute, um, <clears throat> which is something that happens, again, all throughout the pagan world, not just in the Middle East. It happens all throughout the world. And <clears throat> additionally, he, his father, uh, sometimes is the mother, but very rarely do we see that, but his father will, would go through all sorts of rituals to try and get possessed by a deity. They want they want to become possessed by, by a, a <clears throat> yes, deity yes, or a and, demon. Which, yes, uh, so one, are these pretty much interchangeable terms? The, the way we're talking about them, that they would refer to them as de- deities, and what we're referring to them then with them are as demons. Um, or is there even a distinction in Greek, there? Uh, the Greek, the uh, Greek, uh What you would find is it's just you have on the one hand you have Theos, which is God, uh, and then Demonion, uh, which is what we would call a demon, but the only distinction they really made between the two is that the gods was these higher level ones. And then the demons were sort of, you know, the spirit of a lake or a mountain or a forest or or something like that. So even though you will find people referring to Zeus as a demon, but for them, that's not a bad word. So uh, again, you could do it, and the Greeks certainly did. So why would we try to be better than that? So, yes, you can use it, and the scriptures refer to angels as 
Elohim, you know, as gods. Um, but it also makes it very clear that there is God, God, uh, and then there are these created gods uh, uh, that you can refer to as gods. But we sort of lost in history, we lost this usage for the lower entities, the created entities as God. So nowadays, if you read the Bible and it, says, it mentions angels as gods, it makes it seem like polytheism, even though that's that that's that's what we call a word concept fallacy. Uh, a certain usage of the word fell out of use, and uh, you sort of forget it, that this book is very ancient and that it it encompassed this meaning. Um, <clears throat> so uh, the, the father figure, this father would get possessed, and one very common thing is they wore ritual masks. I, I'm not sure whether that plays a specific role myself, uh, but it, it is a very common thing. And then somehow, we are not aware how, uh, what they produce is this very, very demonized human-demon hybrid, if you would like to call it. Uh, so it's, so it's the real human king, or what have you, that has regular human sex, you might say, with the woman, but he does it after taking on the possession that he's welcoming in of this other entity. And then, not welcoming, trying right. desperately to to have happen. Right. Um, in, is that in order to produce this this baby? Yes, that, that's yes. the whole. That's the whole reason behind it. That's the, that's that's the, the desired outcome. That's a, a huge thing in the ancient world. Um, still happens today in Japan, but it's not particularly successful, and, and they really toned it down uh, since the Second World War. Now they have anime; they don't need uh, <laughs> they don't need demons anymore. Um, so, uh, but this is these are the Nephilim, and these are called the unclean spirits. Why are they unclean? Unclean tends to mean mixed. You know, uh, that these things are not supposed to be together, the, the demonic and the human. They're, they're illegitimate children. This is what happens in Genesis 6 uh, when it talks about the, the sons of God descending and, and uh, having offspring with uh, women, human women. Um, so what they really mean is, is possessing <clears throat> a human that then... Does the yes. it's not a direct spirit to to woman? Uh, yeah, there's, there's no demon penis involved in something <laughs> like that. Uh, but you produce these entities, and when they die, they're still. I mean, they're properly demonized. Like this isn't a, a, a joke or, or you know a metaphor. Uh, so they still remain and uh, still remain. Uh, you see, I, I'm still trying to materialize right, right. it as if, well, you know, now there's so a is it, ghost. is it like when they're born to the human woman, they have that human aspect to them, so they are mortal in that time, but then they also have that spiritual element to them, so th when the mortal part goes away, that, that other element still exists. Is that Would that be a good way to break it down? Yes, they don't tend to follow the common uh, human uh, post-mortem experience. Um, and in fact... When you read, you know, Jubilees or something, when it talks about how uh, a lot of them were expelled and, you know, thrown into the pit, you know, and all of that, but a portion was left to then trouble people in the sense, again, to bring them to repentance. 
And when you read uh, Christ uh, coming to Galilee and finding the Legion fellow, it's the response, what they tell him is, uh, why have you come to trouble us before the time? You know, come on, we've still got time. Why are you here? And he, it's, he sends them into the pigs and all, all, all of that. Like they're basically stuff. saying, hey, we had a deal. We're just, we get to hang out here for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, the so thing is, with is these that, entities. It, sorry, was it, was it, um, so did God essentially like, did there, was there a meeting where God's like, all right, you guys are, are gone off the rails here. You're being evil. I shouldn't put up with this, but I'm going to let some of you stay because I actually do need humanity to grow and they need a counteracting force to, to get that growth. So I'll let you hang out and be evil to help humanity grow. Is that kind of maybe they weren't sitting at a table or anything, but, uh, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, we, we have this talking uh, uh, phraseology of uh, the council of the gods, uh, uh, which is, in fact, this angelic thing, but we shouldn't think of it as like a like a council round table or whatever. Well, we don't know how it, and signing documents. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, having food and whatnot. Um, that's that's something to expel from your mind. I'm sorry, it's not as fun as people want it to be. Uh, it's much more abstract. Um, but these entities, when they ask for this, they don't repent. They're tr- just trying to get out of. Out of being sent into the sent into the pit, as it were, as, so basically not being able to act in the, these ways. Um, and when we again come across them, they they trouble people. But the point is, it, it, we believe that it's better to live your entire life uh, sick and 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 alone, but with God, than live this chad life you know uh, but be without god because what's going to happen to you what's going to happen to you when you are reincarnated immortal you're going to be someone who is without god with this hatred of god because you haven't uh, you've rejected him your entire life for the sake of worldly pleasures that is why god allows it to happen we all think um <clears throat> then m- maybe someone would say sorry Maybe someone would say, uh, well, why are children born with illnesses? As far as we're concerned, God knows what will happen with the child. It's not like the child dies at uh, five months old. And, well, sorry, now, you know, it's going to hell or whatever. No, 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 or it's over. No, God takes his children to himself. He knows what he's doing. But as far as the people around that child uh, are concerned. This is an opportunity for repentance. A lot of people, uh, the, this really brings them down, really. A lot of people, when they get sick or when someone they care for gets sick, that's when they return to, to church or something. Life becomes serious again. They take these things seriously. They're reminded of their own mortality. Whereas we spend so much of our time trying to forget it, you know, with entertainment and, 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 and substances and, and, and whatnot. Um, uh, the orthodox understanding is there's an elder who said uh, when a beggar is asking you for money, he's not uh, taking something from, trying to take something from you. He's offering you the kingdom of God because in your helping of, of the beggar, uh, of the widow, the orphan, the, 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 these people, you are fulfilling your purpose. You are participating in God's grace because these are the good works of, of, that are of God. And you are actualizing them, which is your purpose. 
that is why why, why that statement is there uh, that uh, he's offering you the kingdom of God. This is an opportunity to fulfill your purpose. And that is also how, what we would read back into these situations and how why God would allow bad things to happen. I mean, I, I suppose it, it, without without bad, without a bad thing, without evil to to be displayed, I suppose, how can you even really know good? You know, what is there to, to show you the, what, what other forces there to, to see, you know, may you, you, maybe you need that to see what good really is. A lot of people find God by discovering that Satan is real. <laughs> so that is, that is something that actually happens. You know, some, some people get it, you know, by having a child and all of a sudden uh, there's this little creature that means to you more than your life itself. It is the first time you've been truly humble. Uh, and, and then that brings them closer to God, and then they discover God. Mm. You know, it's not always something bad has to happen, but sometimes only that will shake people out of it. Sometimes not even that, but that's just because their, their rebellion is so strong. Um, but yes, that, uh, that's part of the Odyssey, and... and that's why God would allow these things to happen, these entities to persist, uh, to be able to uh, torment people, if you would. But that's from their perspective, from God's perspective. They're trying to make sh- uh, they are allowed to do this to make sure you don't end up in this self-obsessed um, life where, that is devoid of God. I mean, and if... I mean, I can speak for myself. I mean, when you're at a point in your life, or at least from, I'll just say me, I don't need to say, when I've been at points in my life when things were really easy, um, things were really going smooth, I wasn't being challenged, those are when I engaged in a lot more sort of like self-pleasurable activities, um, when I wasn't really working with any sort of purpose, um, when I was just letting myself just focus focus on me or, or what have you, um, whereas when more challenging circumstances came into effect, where I saw more evil around me operating in the world, that's where I really let a lot of those things go to the side. Not that I don't do those things at all because I'm human and I do, um, but it, it's it certainly changed my perspective on those things. And who knows if, you know what it's, it's interesting. Cause now I, I've started to get to the point where the more challenging life gets. Yeah. I go, oh, shit, this challenge is here, but I also go, okay, this is good though, because in a way, because this is what's forcing me to, to not get overindulgent, forcing me to not just lose myself again. Yes. You can just, you know, put an intravenous, you know, substance into yourself uh, and just die like that, you know, just die in some type of pleasurable experience. But what, what's the point of it? That's the nihilism. That's this, uh, that's this denial of God. That's the triumph of, of the demons. You know, one thing I should mention is St. John Chrysostom, um, who said something that was present even in his time, but uh, is still present to this day in like 90% of horror films. He says, a man does not become a demon by dying a violent death. He becomes a man by living a life that is like the life of the demons. So, but I'm saying because, you know, every time you watch a horror film, you know, oh, there was some, some girl, they thought she was a witch, so they burned her and now she's haunting the place. <laughs> and we Christians, at least we Orthodox Christians, completely reject that. You need to actively pursue it. 
Things don't just happen. You don't trip and land on a demon and now you're possessed. You you have to do proper work to get that to happen. Right. So yes, that's and, that's uh, what I'm. That's the, that's the one thing I wanted to kind of talk about a little more as we wrap up the main show is is sort of how how humans interact with demons, how demons influence our day to day life, and then. But I mean that you kind of said it there in an extent. I mean, what kind of activities are more likely to bring you into influence of a demon? And I think a lot of them are probably related to a lot of the sort of new age occulty stuff that we see becoming mainstream, becoming popularized to the point you almost can't not see it everywhere you go. And it's not often not even as spectacular as that. You can, you can just sit at home and watch hentai as far as <laughs> we're concerned. You know, that's demonic enough. You don't have to, there's a, there's no need to start go drink blood of, right. of, of, of cats or something. You can if you really want to uh, up your game, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a bit more purposeful um, or purpose-driven as opposed to this self-indulgence. But the self-indulgence is demonic in and of itself. And maybe God allows it and then allows a, a, a demonic influence over you so you snap out of this... Um, this circle that this loop that you've thrown yourself into to try and and uh, 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 bring you out of it, but it's ultimately something you would have to decide. It, it, you people will go for pleasure; they will go to their death. People go to death to their death for the most retarded things in the world. What was it? Was it recently that some guy drank like a, a liter of, of medicinal alcohol? To, to impress girls, he died. What, what, what do you expect right. would happen? But boy, those ladies were impressed. <laughs> I am sure. I am sure. <laughs> but you see, people die for such things. Do people not realize what sort of re- retardation people will give the, up their lives for? I mean, for? For trying to impress a girl, for trying to prove a point or something. And this is the demonic influence. It's like, oh, do you know that girl? You know, she'd be, she'd be just, just like the Niagara Falls if you drank this bottle. <laughs> you drink the bottle and whoops. So is that where is that where the influence of the demons come in, where they can sort of yes. influence the thoughts that come through your mind? Uh, I think I, I I'm not sure if you're familiar with Father Turbo Qualls, but when he was on my show, he he mentioned this concept of logismi, the um the sort of the the, the yes. arrows that the, the, the thoughts me. that and when he said that, it clicked for me in a way where I just instantly thought of like a hundred instances where I'm like, oh yeah, yep. why did I randomly think of this thing? And then sometimes maybe I act on that thing, sometimes I don't, but it's. Again, like you said in the beginning, I didn't sit down and say, I'm going to think of some thoughts of some some terrible things I could do. I, they just they come. And then it's my decision whether I act on them or not. You pet a cat and just think, what if I squished it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, where the bloody hell did that? I mean, I, it literally feels like someone slapped I, I you with that. Like growing up, like, I mean, just like sometimes I'd be driving around and I would just like be driving on a bridge and be like, oh, what if I drove off the, drove off the bridge? I never was going to do it. But like the thought entered. And I, and I always think that, like, why do these thoughts enter my mind? Why does the why do I even think about the idea of driving off a bridge? I don't want to drive off a bridge. I don't want to do that at all. So why would I even be thinking about that? But and so maybe that is the answer. Is it? Is it actual entities that are sort of trying to, you know, go fishing almost? They're, they're seeing who, what kind of thoughts they can throw out there and who they can sort of reel in. Yes, um, and orthodoxy is very clear that demons sort of throw, as you said, it's like fishing. They throw the, the, the bait and they see what you do. They can't read our minds, but they see what we do. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try something else. 
sometimes it, it's just uh, you know go for pornography or something which is i keep mentioning it because it's so prevalent so available um and it's it's one of those uh, what what would you call it uh, uh victimless crime so to speak right. as the libertarians would uh, say like a, <laughs> yeah yeah it's like this sin but you don't have to spend a lot of money like you would have to with drugs sure, yeah. uh, you don't have to get involved with literally uh, anybody uh, can know. open any device they have. And within seconds, it's right there. There's no, there's no yep. effort to, you need to make to get it. It's not even like alcohol. You need to make an effort. Yeah, I mean, it's not even like an effort to avoid right. it. Yeah, exactly. It's not like even alcohol or, or drugs or something where I at least got to call the drug dealer or go to the store. You don't even need to do that. You can just, I can just stay sitting right here. Yep. You don't even have to go to a porn site. You can just go to Instagram or right. wherever, you right. know, it, 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 it is, as I said, you have to actively avoid yeah. it. Um, and, and that is the problem. <clears throat> and this is why we will, we try to practice fasting. You know, this type of trying to develop this spiritual discipline to deal with these things and not just think about it. Orthodoxy is not an intellectual academic process. It is trying to live a, a Christian life. And uh, the church is there to give these basic guidelines. And then you have your spiritual father you, you know, with whom you should talk and try to discuss these things. You know, uh, maybe it's too much for you to um, just give up drinking altogether immediately. But, but then that, that's why your spiritual father is there and try to say, okay, can we bring it down to this level first or something like mm-hmm. that? Um, because a good priest, a good spiritual father would not give you like a monastic prayer book you know just sit there for for an hour reading prayers it's going to be too much for you and you'll probably just end up you'll end up doing it uh you know sort of just reading it but your thoughts are completely elsewhere you're just going through the motions it's completely formulaic and and devoid of any intention but if he gives you like a short list of prayers for like 10 minutes or so in the morning at least you can do that with your full focus. And that's better than just reading these things and being bored, basically. Um, uh, and because we understand the human condition and we're not imposing legal restrictions or even prescriptions. We're trying to, we Orthodox, I mean in general, but then the clergy specifically, is supposed to be there to guide the people in this path. They're, they're supposed to be educated and blessed for it with their office. And that's why I think so much problems in the West uh, can't be cured because it's like abolishing the police. If you have a problem with the police, let's say, yes, sure, you you can uh, then abolish the police. But how are you going to solve the problem that arises from not having the police? You can't really deal with that other than vigilantism. And I think a lot of Protestantism is theological vigilantism. And that is just so self-involved and it is devoid of it's i also believe unbiblical it's not just i'm trying to make a philosophical or practical critique of it but that is what you see and some people go oh we should accept the rainbow people oh we can baptize dogs now apparently uh i'm sorry to say that is something that happens um and, and because they're trying to solve things practically that are not a practical problem. They're a spiritual problem. And there's all sorts of things to talk about this, but I think that is a solid overview. You know, there's a lot of 
to say about worship and rituals and and things like that, but that's a massive topic. Sure, no, I think I think we did a pretty good uh, you know demonology one hundred and one here. So I think we will uh, wind down here on the main show. But who knows? We're gonna hop over to the smoke filled room. And I know you brought your own smoke, so this is, is perfect. Uh, we're gonna hop over to the smoke filled room, and and who knows uh, what kind of angles will go down here. But uh, Pasha, as I sign off here, I just want to let you you know have the chance to uh, plug anything you'd like. Where can people find you? You got any debates coming up? Uh, feel free to mention anything you like. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, as my, I need two more parts for my PC, and it turns out that it is the worst parts to get. <laughs> um, but I'm going to start streaming. My current PC can't deal with it properly, you know. That's if good if enough. You go good to enough my for channel, this list. <laughs> yeah, I, I can be a guest. That's which you can see at Made by Jim Bob. <laughs> so, um, uh, but my channel, the Posh Redneck, I have. Uh, put out a few things but once i get the tech i will start streaming um i, I promised latin lessons you know after 1000 subscribers and i've reached that so latin lessons coming soon once i get a proper uh you know um i can't remember what you call it in english like uh, like Curriculum, yes, curriculum. Uh, once I get a pro- what I, once I organize a proper curriculum, so that's going to be fun. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter, but I, I just post memes. <laughs> but people who want to ask me questions can do so there. Well, Posh, thanks so much. I really enjoyed the conversation. So thanks again. Thanks for coming on my show. Thank you and God bless. All right, friends, I'm back brighter than before. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Posh Redneck. I certainly did. And it did continue in the smoke filled room. Posh even brought his own smoke. If you're watching the video, you saw him sucking down cigarettes. That's what Posh does. It's it's part of his, uh, you know, his Serbian sort of uh, ortho machismo. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I, I really did enjoy that conversation with Posh. The full version, including the smoke filled room where we talked about the connection demons might have to things like UFOs, the paranormal, cryptids, really tying together a lot of things we discussed in the very first episode of this program in my conversation with Tony Merkel of the confessionals. You got to tick back. If you're new to the show, you got to head back all the way to the beginning. It's only, it's only 14 episodes. Come on, you can do it. Uh, tick back, check out episode one with Tony Merkel ties a lot of things together as well as my interview with Dexter de la Paz. I believe that was episode seven. It's nice when it's still early in the run. I can actually remember offhand every episode number, you know, but uh Patreon Rockfin, subscribe star. I'll have all the links in the show notes. Um, and of course you can check out posh redneck on many of Jim Bob's live streams and debates. Uh, you, you can't miss the guy out there if you're sort of uh, in a uh, religion, social media and, and YouTube and in this sort of genre, which uh, I know a lot of my listeners are. So um, check out that conversation. Check it out. What am I talking about? You just checked it out. I don't edit anymore, guys. It's, a, it's the new me. If I fumble, if I stumble, you're there to catch me because I, I know you understand because I'm all hopped up on this Fox and Sons coffee. Don't forget to use Fox and Sons. Just give it one chance. That's all I That's all I ask. I ask you to give the show a chance. You obviously have if you're still here listening to me now. So I ask you to give out a chance to this coffee from Fox and Sons. Foxandsons.com, F-O-X-N-S-O-N-S.com. Use discount code MCS for 15% off your order. Something else I want to tell you about. I have another podcast. It was on a hiatus for about three or four months, but it is coming back. It is the Second Print Comics Podcast. And if you've ever been into comics, if you've never been into comics, you might enjoy the commentary that Remzo, Remzo Martinez, my partner, and myself will give each and every week on the Second Print Comics Podcast. We talk about not just comics, but comic book culture, movies, uh, cinema, this sort of thing. That's basically the same thing, isn't it? Anyway, 
If you enjoy my commentary on this kind of stuff, you may enjoy my commentary on that kind of stuff. The show is relaunching this Wednesday, February 1st. That's Second Print Comics. Check out the Second Print Comics podcast. Look it up wherever podcasts are, wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find that as well. Uh, that being said, friends, I'm really excited for the next couple of weeks. Got a lot of good stuff happening. Of course, patrons, Rockfin supporters, what have you, are going to get Mark's monthly musings where I look back, give you my sort of insider thoughts on the month that came and a little preview of the month to come. So check that all out. You can find all the links you need at markclair.com. That's M-A-R-C-C-L-A-I-R.com. Until next time, my friends, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. (laughs) 